Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Oh God, we are grateful for your presence with us in this place. We thank you for the gift of worship. We thank you for your word that guides us. We pray now for your Holy Spirit to come and move among us, to open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today in this place. We're here because we want to hear from you, to be with you, and to be with each other. Help us to do that now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. A question to get us started. What makes a healthy, faithful, vital Christian church? What makes a healthy, faithful, vital Christian church? Let me hear a few answers. Just shout it out. What makes a healthy, faithful, vital Christian church? This is not a pop quiz, I promise. I just want to hear what you think. What is it? Attend, being there, being part of it. Yeah, right, right. Good job, everybody, for attendance this morning. Excellent answer. Yes, Robert? Oh, Robert gave you a plus one. <laughs> love, love makes a healthy, vital, faithful Christian church. What else, what else? Service, Service. serving together. Very important that we do that. Over here, I heard another answer. Participation, engagement in the, the larger life of the church. What else? Giving, giving to the work of the church. Very important. Over here, communication within the church, beyond the church, all around the church, right? That's part of it. Teaching the Bible. Yeah, we are gathered up around something really important, aren't we? Which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we find in the scriptures. Excellent, excellent. What else? Trust. Ooh, that's a heavy word, a right word. Trust makes a healthy faithful, vital Christian church. Yeah. Truth. Telling the truth. I love that. That is absolutely beautiful. That's great. Do we have another one right here? That was okay. I think they collaborated on that one. That's great. These are wonderful elements of a, a healthy, faithful, vital Christian church. So important for us as we think about who we are. Uh, we are beginning a worship and preaching series called Connect. We're connecting with first things. We have prayerfully chosen 1 Corinthians to help us, which is really interesting because by the time Paul wrote this letter to the church at Corinth, the church was not exactly the picture of health. <laughs> so it's interesting that we're using this, this letter to help us understand what a healthy, faithful, vital Christian church looks like. Paul loved the church at Corinth. 
He spent a year and a half there to help establish this church in what was a very powerful, well-connected city in the Roman Empire. Some of his most important friends came from that place, and his heart absolutely broke when he heard that all was not well at the church at Corinth. He wrote this letter to remind, encourage, instruct, and to admonish these people whom he loved. He begins with what seems like a throwaway greeting, just a throwaway greeting that's full of flowery words and flattery, like what you get on your, when you get a birthday card and there's all the stuff that came printed on the card and then somebody wrote you a note. Do you ever even read the stuff print? You read the note. You don't read the stuff printed on the card. I don't anyway. I go straight for what they said. It seems like this greeting is just one of those throwaway things. That's not what this is, though. Paul is holding before them the picture that he saw when he left. In that picture, we get to see some things that shape our faith too, both as individual Christians and as a Christian church trying to be healthy, faithful, and vital in the name of Jesus. Let's begin together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 today. The Word of God. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him... You were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Now, right out of the gate here, we need to take just a moment and understand the players, the writers. Of course, we've got Paul who reminds them right away of his apostleship and authority, not out of pride, but out of necessity for those who might not know exactly who he is. He has to identify himself. There may also have been a little bit of pride in there too. Paul was very proud of his apostleship. And then we hear that some fellow named Sosthenes is writing with Paul. We wonder who in the world is Sosthenes. We can go over to Acts chapter 18 and read about this. Sosthenes was a leader of the Jewish synagogue at Corinth. He converted to Christianity because of Paul's preaching of the gospel. He was a beloved faith leader in the Jewish world there in Corinth, and you can rest assured that his decision, that his decision to follow Jesus as Messiah shaped many other minds and hearts in that community. We also find in Acts chapter 18 that Sosthenes is the one who was savagely beaten when some other Jewish people brought trumped-up charges against Paul and the Christians to try to get rid of them, to try to get them out of Corinth. The Roman tribunal threw all of that out, but the Jewish leaders publicly beat or, or had beaten one of their very own 
because of his faith in Jesus. That was Sosthenes. He had suffered greatly at their hands. You can't help but wonder how many of the Corinthians who were hearing this letter had watched that happen. How many had been there the day Sosthenes was beaten? How many had tended to his wounds and nurtured him back to health? He was a near martyr in their own community. Paul and Sosthenes write this letter to those who having been sanctified. This is, this is verse 2. To those who having been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all from every place who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul and Sosthenes say, remember, remember, remember. You have been made whole in Christ Jesus, so much so that it is right that we call you saints because you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine getting a letter like this. It starts out with this kind of a powerful reminder. It'll make you sit up straight and listen. It'll make you feel the weight of your own responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ. I remember... <clears throat> my second grade teacher, Ms. Barbara Lakey, she, she sat right behind us at the Covington First Methodist Church my whole life, but right, right over my shoulder. That's where Ms. Lakey sat. In fact, if you go there today at the late service, you will find Ms. Lakey sitting right behind my grandmother at the Covington First Methodist Church. I had her for second grade. She was just a wonderful second grade teacher. About the third week of my time in her class in the second grade, I got these glasses. I had to get glasses. And back in that time, the only glasses they had at the eye doctor's office, uh, they were gold-rimmed, and they were about this big. They covered your whole face when you were eight years old, and you could not hide. I mean, you had glasses very clearly. I walked into class, and my best friend Mitchell, whom I loved so much, we had just played together the afternoon before. I walk into the class, and he calls me four eyes in front of God and everybody right there, I got so mad, I dotted his eye. Wow, just one good time. We both wound up out in the hall with Miss Lakey. Miss Lakey gave him a very thorough dressing down, which I was, I was very thankful. I felt like she was defending me. She sent him back in the classroom, and she knelt down in front of me. And I thought, oh, she's getting ready to give me a hug and comfort her precious baby angel who was hurt by this wicked Mitchell. That is not what she did. She looked me straight in the eyes through those great big glasses, and she said, you know better than that. This is not who we are called to be. That's what she said. I'd have rather had a whipping than that. Then she sent me back in her room. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Verse 4, I believe it is, having been made whole in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. I knew what she meant. I knew what she meant with those words. The Corinthians knew exactly what Paul and Sosthenes meant too. Paul is calling the people together around their shared identity as followers of Jesus, being made whole and holy for the sake of the gospel, which we'll hear more about in next week's reading. He then gives thanks, this is verse 4, he gives thanks for them because of the grace that has been given them in Christ Jesus. We are reminded, all of us are reminded of our profound responsibility as the people whom God is making whole through Jesus. And we are reminded of the grace, the gifts God has given each of us to carry out that responsibility. Now right here, two great traps 
catch many a sincere Christian. One is to feel the weight of all this responsibility without the gifts to fulfill it. The other is to have the gifts and to do nothing with them. Paul reminds the Corinthians and all those who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have both the responsibility of those being made whole and holy in Jesus and the gifts needed for the work that comes with that responsibility. Paul and Sosthenes are chopping down the forest of excuses that we all throw up in moments of overwhelm, but in a way that points us to Jesus, who is the source of this life we are supposed to lead. For in every way, he writes, for in every way you have been enriched in Jesus, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been confirmed in you, so you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you await the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You may feel like you don't have the gifts, but you do. You just may not have unwrapped them yet. He'll strengthen you to the end, they write, so that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an allusion to what we say at communion. Christ has come, Christ has died, and Christ will come again. When he does, you'll be blameless on that day because God is faithful. By God, you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What makes a healthy, faithful, vital Christian church? How about healthy, faithful, vital Christians who humbly recognize their identity in Jesus Christ as God's beloved children being made whole and holy by God's own grace at work in Jesus? Healthy, faithful, vital Christians understand the grace given them by Jesus, the gifts poured out on all of us through his Holy Spirit for the purpose of fulfilling our charge as those who are called into life with Jesus and life with each other. This throwaway greeting invites us to remember something really beautiful about this thing called church. It isn't a game that we play or an act or an obligation or a support group or even just a place with nice people and comfy seats. (laughs) It is a vibrant community of Christ followers with work to do in the world and with all the gifts needed to do that work. It is a community of Christ followers called by Jesus, being made whole by Jesus, gifted in Jesus, strengthened in Jesus, and led by Jesus. It has been my experience that Christians and churches who get this at a fundamental level share two characteristics that I think are coming to shape our church too. They are people of a loving and gracious humility who see the sacred worth of every person in the world, and they have a burning desire to follow the living Jesus with other Christ followers every single day of their lives. Is that where we find ourselves today, church? Is that where we are? Well, it's where we're headed. It's where we're headed, that's for sure. It is, as Miss Lakey would say, who we are called to be. Now that we know, we're ready, I think, for the rest of this letter. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Thanks be to God. Amen.